episode four, in which the remarkable thing happens, if indeed it did happen. Momentarily, he caught O'Brien's eye. O'Brien had stood up and had taken off his spectacles. He was in the act of resettling them on his nose with his characteristic gesture. But there was a fraction of a second when their eyes met. And for as long as it took to happen, Winston knew. Yes, he knew that O'Brien was thinking the same thing as himself. An unmistakable message had passed. It was as though their two minds had opened up and the thoughts were flowing from one into the other through their eyes. I'm with you, O'Brien seemed to be saying to him. I know precisely what you are feeling. I know all about your contempt, your hatred, your disgust, but don't worry, I am on your side. And then the flash of intelligence was gone and O'Brien's face was as inscrutable as everybody else's. That was all. And he was already uncertain whether it had happened. Such incidents never had any sequel. All that they did was to keep alive in him the belief or hope that others beside himself were the enemies of the party. Perhaps the rumors of vast underground conspiracies were true after all. Perhaps the Brotherhood really existed. It was impossible, in spite of endless arrests and confessions and executions, to be sure that the Brotherhood was not simply a myth. Some days he believed in it, some days not. There was no evidence, only fleeting glimpses that might mean anything or nothing. Snatches of overheard conversation, faint scribbles on lavatory walls. Once, even when two strangers met, a small movement of the hand, which had looked as though it might be a signal of recognition. It was all guesswork. Very likely, he had imagined everything. He'd gone back to his cubicle without looking at O'Brien again. The idea of following up their momentary contact hardly crossed his mind. It would have been inconceivably dangerous, even if he had known how to set about doing it. For a second, two seconds, they had exchanged an equivocal glance, and that was the end of the story. But even that was a memorable event in the locked loneliness in which one had to live. Winston roused himself and sat up straighter. He let out a belch. <clears throat> the gin was rising from his stomach. When his eyes refocused on the page, he discovered that while he sat helplessly musing, he had also been writing, as though by automatic action. And it was no longer the same cramped, awkward handwriting as before. His pen had slid voluptuously over the smooth paper, printing in large, neat capitals, Down with Big Brother. 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 Over and over again, filling half a page.
much. He could not help feeling a twinge of panic. Now, it was absurd since the writing of those particular words was not more dangerous than the initial act of opening the diary. But for a moment, he was tempted to tear out the spoiled pages and abandon the enterprise altogether. He did not do so, however, because he knew that it was useless. Whether he wrote down with Big Brother or whether he refrained from writing it made no difference. Whether he went on with the diary or whether he did not go on with it made no difference. The thought police would get him just the same. He had committed, would still have committed, even if he had never set pen to paper, the essential crime that contained all others in itself. Thought crime, they called it. Thought crime was not a thing that could be concealed forever. You might dodge successfully for a while, even for years, but sooner or later, they were bound to get you. It was always at night. The arrests invariably happened at night. The sudden jerk out of sleep, the rough hand shaking your shoulder, the lights glaring in your eyes, the ring of hard faces round the bed. In the vast majority of cases, there was no trial, no report of the arrest. People simply disappeared, always during the night. Your name was removed from the registers. Every record of everything you had ever done was wiped out. Your one-time existence was denied and then forgotten. You were abolished, annihilated. Vaporized was the usual word. For a moment, he was seized by a kind of hysteria. He began writing in a hurried, untidy scrawl. They'll shoot me, I don't care. They'll shoot me in the back of the neck, I don't care. Down with Big Brother, they always shoot you in the back of the neck, I don't care, down with Big Brother. He sat back in his chair, slightly ashamed of himself, and laid down a pen. The next moment, he started violently. There was a knocking at the door. Already. He sat still as a mouse in the futile hope that whoever it was might go away after a single attempt, but no. The knocking was repeated. The worst thing of all would be to delay. His heart thumping like a drum, but his face from long habit was probably expressionless. He got up and moved heavily toward the door. End of chapter one. Chapter two. As he put his hand to the doorknob, Winston saw that he had left the diary open on the table. Down with Big Brother was written all over it, in letters almost big enough to be legible across the room. It was an inconceivably stupid thing to have done. But he realized, even in his panic, he had not wanted to smudge the creamy paper by shutting the book while the ink was wet. He drew in his breath and opened the door. <sighs> Instantly, a warm wave of relief flowed through him. 
a colorless, crushed-looking woman with wispy hair and a lined face was standing outside. Oh, comrade, she began in a dreary, whining sort of voice. I thought I heard you come in. Do you think you could come across and have a look at our kitchen sink? It, it's got blocked up and... It was Mrs. Parsons, the wife of a neighbor on the same floor. Now, Mrs. was a word somewhat discountenanced by the party. You were supposed to call everyone comrade, but with some women, you used it instinctively. She was a woman of about 30, but looking much older. One had the impression that there was dust in the creases of her face. Winston followed her down the passage. These amateur repair jobs were an almost daily irritation. See you tomorrow.